0: Will mark the end of one era and mark the beginning of another. T E T C.
1: The End Times Continue.
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome. The End Times Continue. Recording on this, the 7th of January. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh,. Oh wait, that was last episode. Was our New Year episode, wasn't it?
0: Um, yeah, yeah. You yes. skipped a year. Congratulations. Yes, exactly. It's a, you, you
2: guys don't know. You've been you've been asleep for a year. You just woken yeah. up. <laughs> I am Dino, and you are, and I am Ace. Oh man, you're dealing with you're dealing with some weather, sir.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's currently a blizzard right now. Uh, it's like almost two feet of snow on the ground uh, where I am. And uh, I was outside shoveling it. And I, if I sound like nasally, it's because I have uh, like the sniffles from being very cold for very long outside. So that's, <laughs> if I sound very nasally like that, that's why. Uh, <coughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: I am. Uh, I am. Huh. I, I was in the. I sent you a. Uh, I sent you a, a video. I was in the Photoshop mines the other night.
0: Yes, yes.
2: Trying to cut out backgrounds from some uh, pictures that Lady Jane and I had taken. We're going to be starting up the firm here pretty soon. Um, Probably later this month. I'll try and get it filed with the state. So I had to... I've been building the website in the meantime, so it's ready to launch at the same time. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) The, the, uh, The backgrounds... It turns out that taking pictures in black... Or, or dark gray suits on a black background with brown hair yeah. and dramatic lighting. It looks really, really good. But then when you go to try and take the background out, it makes that
0: really, really hard. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. The, like the algorithm that does that all then the behind the scenes, it just breaks. Like it doesn't know what to do. So it's oh, it's like, uh...
2: <laughs> I had to, well, the thing is too, I'm not, I'm not a particularly good photo editor. So I had to, what I did was, this is the trick I was using. I was basically cranking the levels on the image in order to basically blow more out. Contrast? Yes, well, not just the, no, okay. not the contrast because if too too much contrast would like make our hair blend in with the background. We have brown oh, hair,
0: right? Okay. So no, no, I just to give it more contrast, not yes. not the actual setting, but just to like differentiate your the foreground from the background.
2: Yes, and and because the background was darker than pretty much anything we were wearing or doing it was the 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 uh the uh, photoshop's stupid algorithm for selecting figures mm-hmm. which sucks by the way was <laughs> um able to get that stuff a little better and then i was able to go in in quick mask mode and clean up the masks and do stuff like that so it was it was doable but it was a
0: pain <laughs> no you say you're doing this in photoshop right yes i for an experiment after the show, you should try putting that same photo into remove dot com, which is something I have used in the past. And just see if it does better. Just see if it does better. because I'm really curious. <laughs> it <it's, laughs> would it'd be really funny if Photoshop's uh, what, uh, algorithm for that was much worse than like free competitors. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Just <laughs> I might do
2: yeah. that. I might do that. And here's the thing. Yeah. If it works better, I could just bring that back into Photoshop Line it up yeah. and then select and then remove. Yeah. It would be like I could still export it in I could still export it at the oh, no. sort of resolution it needs to be and all the other stuff mm-hmm. without having to mess. Yeah, that actually that's a that's a good idea. Yeah. I should try that and see if it does better.
0: I just think it'd be funny if it was better than <laughs> it
2: would be hilarious. Yeah. Um anyway, yeah. I was doing that. The website's almost done. It's almost ready to launch. Um Oh yeah, that's awesome, but we can't launch it yet because the firm doesn't exist yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but once it does, I can launch the website, and what what I didn't realize I thought you had to send the website uh before you were able to go public with it. You have to send it to the bar so that the bar can look at it and make sure that you're not you know being misleading in your advertising and stuff like that because it's considered mm-hmm. advertising material, and there's a lot of rules around that yeah. turns out you can send it at the same time that it goes live. So, okay. Yeah. So like you can just, you can just hit the publish button and then also send it to the bar at the exact same time. Mm, Okay. Which is really good. It also turns out that most of the rules are concerned primarily with the homepage. So. Hmm. But I was going through and I was reading those rules very closely the other day because I don't, I really don't want to run of the, oh yeah, of the Texas bar. But then I was looking at other attorneys' websites that I know, and I'm like, well, hold on a second. That right there that you're doing is against the rules, and these websites are built not by the attorney themselves, but by a service that builds websites for lawyers. <laughs> and I was like, the rules specifically say you can't do this thing right here that you're doing. But anyway, they, I guess, why don't,
0: yeah, give a pass. It's like,
2: yeah, yeah, well, Maybe I'm just too concerned about it. Um, um
0: yeah. nobody actually
2: gives that much of a shit and I'm over
0: here like it's got to be right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, but anyway, that's what, that's what I was up to <laughs> this, this for through the last little bit. We got back in town. This is back. I'm back at the actual proper setup and everything, which is why the beginning of the podcast is at the right level. Um, and not super quiet I hope I always put in a note when I'm recording on the on the road I always put in a note that the uh intro is is pretty quiet oh
0: yeah I saw that
2: yeah because I don't want people turning it up and then as soon as we start talking it's gonna blow out their ears
0: yeah yeah exactly
2: um so if that happened to anybody I'm sorry um anyway so let's just let's just. Get this out of the way. I did something embarrassing
0: in a group chat. <laughs> yes. Yes, you did. Uh, what, you thought I was going to back you up and say, no, you didn't. It was fine. It's like, no, no this no, is no, very embarrassing. I didn't expect that. That's okay. I'm just messing with
2: you. No, you're good. But, uh, <laughs> I was, yeah, I was on the phone with my wife, so, and I did an embarrassing thing.
0: Yeah, so uh, let me set this up a little bit. So um, I I log on to Twitter every once in a while just to check DMs. And sometimes uh, in some of these, like, group chats that I'm in, I will, you know, just, uh, you know, shoot the shit with some people for a little bit. And then, you know, go off back on my wary way to non-Twitter. Um, and I was talking about how... I was because we we had been talking about like video games and stuff like that, and I was talking about how like I'm waiting for some PC parts to come back in stock so that I can upgrade my PC and that I can play Cyberpunk as God intended for the first time. Sure, uh, you know. And you replied. Uh, do you want to read your part? Uh, you replied <sighs> to my message and yes. uh, in the chat. I
2: will. I will. Yes, you you had said uh, waiting on PC parts, play Cyberpunk for the first time, how God intended. And my, re- my response was, "You're going to have so much
0: fun, comma baby." <laughs> <laughs> now, how could you ever make this mistake? Do you know?
2: I was on the phone with my wife at the same time <laughs> as I was typing that reply. <laughs> and I was telling my wife, at the exact same time, "That sounds good, baby." And so I accidentally typed where I meant to say, man, you're going to have so much fun, man. That's what I meant to say. Mm -hmm. I accidentally called you baby in a group chat full of men.
0: And now I have the screenshot forever. (laughs) I can do so many terrible things with this.
2: You know what I might do? I might take that screenshot because I think I still have. The screenshot from the DM where you posted a, a, a tweet and said I'm gonna come <laughs> Oh yo, yeah 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 put that as the yeah, yeah put that as the <laughs> Yes I think I might do you know. that that could be fun <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. anyway yeah I did that in a group chat full of men Yeah so that was just that was <laughs> we'll call it a learning experience don't fucking you know what's
0: funny? Not, I don't think a single person questioned it before you pointed it out
2: I don't think so either nobody mentioned They're just it like, oh yeah
0: that's normal Yeah, of course you <laughs> would say that
2: I expected immediately the, the chat to just fill up with what the fuck like I just expected that and nobody mentioned it until I was freaking out yeah I feel
0: like that yeah <laughs> I feel like that says something that they're like, oh, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah no
2: they clearly have suspicions about our relationship. We just confirm them. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. God, that was the, and, and the, honestly, one of the funnier parts about it is that immediately my wife starts making fun of me. I posted a tweet about <laughs> Monster Hunter World not long after that and she replied to my monster hunter world tweet and said you're going to have so much fun baby <laughs> <laughs> oh. <sighs> so that happened that that's something that i did these are <laughs> these are things i do this kind of shit not often but when i do it it's like <laughs> 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 uh it's one of those <laughs> things that if it were in more mixed company, if it weren't in a group chat with like people who were friendly with and cool and, and all that stuff, if it weren't in that group chat, if it were more mixed company, it's one of those things that would like keep me up at night. The idea oh, no. that like I accidentally no. did this in a, in mixed company with people who don't understand <laughs> what happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's one of those things that would occur to me five years down the road. It would occur to me that uh, I did yeah. that. And I'd be thinking about it laying there in bed like, why the fuck did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ugh. <laughs> uh. uh. And then I tweeted about it, which was kind of fun. I was just like, hey, don't do <laughs> I hear that uh, they said, uh, calling your co-host baby in a group chat full of men is one of the most harrowing things you'll ever experience, or so I've heard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> from a friend, as a, as a friend told me. Yeah, yes, just, exactly.
2: Yeah. I've heard it from other people. I certainly don't know that from yeah. experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely not.
2: <laughs> um, but I wasn't the only one embarrassing myself over the last week no no not at all (laughs) there's been a lot of that going on going around including from former libertarian party high-up people and people who will uh uh, who seem to be um uh front runners for things like the libertarian presidential nomination
0: Wow, a libertarian candidate embarrassing themselves Wow, you <laughs> what else is new i've totally
2: I've totally never seen anything like that happen. What's Aleppo anti-racist?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be fair to be fair though, I think this is probably one of the more embarrassing uh stretches because oh, yeah, he kept on digging. Right, he kept on like, you know what I mean. Like, it's one thing to get embarrassed and then just ignore it, and then it hopefully it goes away. But to keep going back for more,
2: yes, it's... and then blocking people and then replying to them from behind the block, <laughs> which he did to
0: me specifically. <laughs> Should we say who who was doing yes, this? Yes, yes. Uh, like, I'm sorry,
2: you... we're being unnecessarily mysterious. Um, <laughs> Reckonwald, Michael Rectonwald. Yes. Um. He is presumptively, and this is something that I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about it honestly. But presumptively, he's the libertarian sort of front running person. He, he's for the Mises caucus,
0: the, caucus guy at the yes. moment. Yes. Uh, yeah. They like yeah. him. The, the reason, yeah, the reason we call him the front runner is because you know the Libertarian Party is mostly controlled by Mises Caucus people now, and yes. that was the guy. That's their guy. Yeah, so, he's their and, guy. You know, yeah,
2: their guy in the sense that okay. I, I have to say this, there, there are a people lot who of
0: don't disagree. Like, yeah, I don't want yes. really to make it seem like it's monolithic.
2: The yeah. Mises caucus is not a monolith. This is one of the interesting things about it is that, and honestly, I think that's one of its problems. I think that's one of the reasons that the Mises mm-hmm. caucus takeover has not really resulted in anything of note and probably has resulted in only bad things, frankly, like uh, once, yeah. once yeah. some of these leaders, and I've I, I laid at the feet of the leadership, once they got involved, they did things like deleting their donor database. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is a massive, huge fuck up. (laughs) Um, And we've talked about that a little bit in the past, but, but that's these, these people aren't a monolith. And and so, and we've talked before about how like the Arizona Mises caucus is what, at least I wish the Mises caucus was in whole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. They're great. Um, and then, so, Rectenwald was talking about
0: open borders oh yes, my favorite topic <laughs> <laughs>
2: and he was talking mad shit, <laughs> and everybody everybody who who fucking understands this issue was arguing yeah. with him about why this is why his position is a bad position to have from a libertarian perspective why yeah why you should not be. A closed border libertarian in in the sense that he's talking about, and one of the mistakes mm-hmm. that these people make a lot is that they'll make two kinds of arguments the one they'll make the argument that um and I guess actually they're the same argument, but but said slightly differently there's the the public sort of property argument mm-hmm. and there's the net taxpayer argument, and they're linked, but yeah. they're not quite the same
0: right yes they're linked right they're like they're two offshoots of sort of like the same getting at the same thing um uh and then there's like i, I don't know if rekenwald made this he kind of danced around this point but then there's also another argument which is like a, just a very like dumb argument in my opinion it is it, an attack against open borders which is to say that well these immigrants could come here once they're in the country they could like you know, aggress later on once they're here, it's like, well, yeah, sure. You know, if we let a drug user out of prison, they could, you know, aggress against someone in some way mm-hmm. uh, after they are released from prison. That doesn't mean, you know, they don't have a right to be freed from prison. You know, it's Stuff a similar like argument yeah, to
2: the idea that they might take advantage of social services.
0: Exactly. Yes. Yeah. They, they right. might do right. something that we
2: think is yeah. bad.
0: Right. And look, that's possible. It has nothing to do with the the libertarian argument for open borders, stuff. No, <laughs> you know? absolutely not. It has, it's like that. Like, that's see, here's the thing about, like, the borderarian thing, right, is that uh, so much of what I see as the like the closed border. Uh, libertarian argument is that they try to bundle up two different arguments or two or more two or more different arguments and try to almost muddy the waters to the point where they look like the same one right so on, on the topic of open borders when i say open borders all i mean is that the state does not have the right or should not have the right to or legal should not have the legal right to interfere with the people crossing over the state's line. That's all I, that's the only, that's as far as I will go in the argument. I will not say anything about, you know, whether, uh, you, you know, obviously he's a libertarian. I don't think they have a right to welfare, but the, as far as my open borders argument goes, it has nothing to do with what they, how it happens once they cross the line, right? Nothing whatsoever. Uh, There's a so whole other set of
2: circumstances cool. for that.
0: Yeah. Like that's
2: a whole right. other set of arguments. Why are social services bad is a different set of arguments
0: right yes
2: like why is yeah. why is committing certain crimes bad is a different set of arguments and it's and it's right. separate and apart from the idea of immigration
0: right yeah, and like To be fair, I want to expand on their argument for a second. Because, like, they'll say that okay, yeah, it is a separate argument, but because the state exists and the state isn't going to get rid of its welfare system, immigrants coming here, um, the state is going to try to, you know enshrine like uh, or have like some sort of goodwill or maybe potential future voter base by giving these people welfare right uh, uh things like that so that's what they'll say is they'll say well sure maybe the arguments are distinct but in, in terms of the state action the, an argue, they'll try to say that an argument for open borders is an argument for state growth because obviously you know uh they the state has aims and they will use these people for their aims right sure. okay well uh, you know, I that may be true and it's and it also it can be be simultaneously true that if that's the case it will put more strain on the taxpayer. That is certainly true. Um but from a libertarian point, uh, you know, I, I think every libertarian, every good libertarian should support, let's say, um drug decriminalization and releasing uh you know people in jail for drug use out of prison. Even if even if We lived in a fully socialized medicine, uh, a socialized healthcare uh, system, right? Yes. Even if that was the case, now obviously uh, the the cost of a person doing drugs is no longer on themselves; it's on everyone. But just because that would be the case, does not mean it is it is justified to steal people's drugs away from them or lock them in a cage for drug use. Uh you know, as a libertarian that would be a no-no even if it means that, you know, uh uh the state is going to, you know, harm the taxpayers by socializing costs, which is unfortunate. I'm not that's horrible obviously, but it's that itself is not an argument to say, well, I guess we can take away people's fast food and their drugs and whatever and you know herder i'm making the libertarian case for you know prohibition Uh, you know it's just stupid
2: it is and and worse than that too this is something that all that argumentation is correct okay but i think there's Mm -hmm. a there's a different issue underlying it and that is that a lot of these people straight up don't fucking understand immigration as oh yes just just generally like this was right. this was something that happened the other day. We didn't really talk about it, but I'm this is an opportunity to bring it up. Disclose TV posted on the on the 27th of December. There were some new uh, demographic numbers that came out, and this this was with regard to Texas in particular. Um, Latinos, this is the post just in Latinos now outnumber non-Hispanic whites in the U.S. state of Texas census data shows and we have here different categories, Latino white non-latino which is different from and this is one of the confusion this is some of the confusion people have is the the difference between the white number quote-unquote white number which includes Mm -hmm. hispanic whites and Mm -hmm. um the the white number that's the white non-hispanic number okay those are two different numbers and then okay and then we also have black asian two or more races yada 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 okay Mm mm-hmm about Texas in particular, I should say the numbers. Latino was up to forty point two percent forty point two white non-Latino was up to thirty nine point eight black is thirteen point four the average thirteen percent right and okay, and then Asian and and all the others are, are less. so mm-hmm. you have a you have this this graph, and people in the comments are freaking the fuck out. This isn't it's Asian. Fuck. This isn't it This is is because the federal government isn't There's something very particular about Texas that none of these motherfuckers in the comments understand, and that is that we have a very particular type of Mexican here. And the very particular type of Mexican we have here, which by the way is just Texas for Hispanic or Latino, the very particular (laughs) It's super racist, I know, but people still do it. The um the very particular type of Hispanic person that we have here in Texas is called the Tejano. And the Tejano is a Texas is a, is a is a is a particular thing to Texas. A lot of them are white Hispanic on the census. Some of them will just go straight Hispanic, some of them will go straight white, some of them will take white Hispanic, right? And and they don't really care. It doesn't really matter to them. They tend to be very conservative, very traditional. Um, they broke hard for Trump, which was confusing to the Democrats because they're like, these people are Latinos. They should be voting for Democrats. No, they're Tejanos. It's different. Um, but anyway, this number coming out of Texas, this 40.2% Latino people, right? And then white, non-Latino, mm-hmm. separating the Tejanos from the white population and dropping them in with the Latinos. Um... First of all, the Tejanos have been about a third of the white population in Texas forever, and I mean this is just something that has always been part of Texas. I'm always, since they started counting these numbers this way, it's been part of part of Texas. This, mm-hmm. these are people who were here when Texas was still Mexico. These are people who came here while Texas was independent from Mexico. These are people who mm-hmm. were Mexicans while Texas was Mexico who fought for Texas independence.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Right? This is this is a very particular yeah. culture. And what this chart has done is separated the Tejano the 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 the, the Tejano population out of the white population. Mm. So this change where Latinos are now the now outnumber white
0: it's people a categorical restructuring
2: yes so, and it does it does represent an increase in non-white latino residents that, that's not mistake sure. that but it's an increase of like a few percent it's not it's not an increase like like oh my think- god there's 20 percent more than there were that's just not the case
0: yeah i don't know if this is a hot take uh for many but i, I just think that that to- this topic in general talking about like you know people who freak out over like demographic shifts or just dorks Yes. uh <laughs>
2: yeah because, like, and, and that's kind of the point that i'm making is that none of the people in these comments actually fucking know anything
0: right like like i don't know man uh like my life's not you know not the most exciting thing but i just want to tell these people to get a life like yes. please uh, you're, you're embarrassing me as a Touch part of the grass. human race.
2: read a book i mean this is the thing I, like the, the the thing about there's a there's an interesting piece. If you want to understand Latinos or not Latinos, Tejanos a little bit better. There's a piece in Politico about uh, Trump didn't win the Latino vote in Texas. He won the Tejano vote. OK, and that's that, that'll give a little oh, bit of context around the Tejano and what these people are and, and what their culture kind of is. A lot of them, it's interesting about it is, is you get away from the border. A lot of them don't even speak Spanish anymore. There was mm-hmm. like there's around the border. There's a lot of Tejanos that speak Spanish, but that's kind of always been that way. Um, Mm -hmm. as you go north, there's a lot of Tejanos who don't speak Spanish. And so you'll have people who are just like, uh, Hey, can you, can you translate this thing? And he's just like, man, my family's been in Texas for like ever. I, I don't speak Spanish.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's that. Yeah. It's like that old classical racism where they think like the look, your 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 genetics like determine what language you speak or something. Right. Like it's like, oh, well, I, you know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
2: So in any case, th- that's kind of the point that I want to make. There's like to your point, these people don't know shit.
0: Yeah. They're just yeah. complaining it, to it's, complain. Right. It's not as bad, but it's all it's it's a. It strikes me as similar to like the like the the uh, white gnats who talk about like white genocide because of mixed race couples. Yeah. You know, it's not that bad. It's not that disgusting, but it's still on that track uh, to me, where it's like, dude, th- this is just yeah. You know, <laughs> like uh, they're talking about. Well, this is an invasion. It's like, wh- what? What are you talking about? Where? <laughs> where is the siege? <laughs> Where are the catapults? Like, what are you talking about?
2: It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any yeah, sense at yeah. all.
0: And you know, on on the borderarian uh, thing too. Like, uh, before we get off this topic, uh, I-, I mentioned actually this in the group chat that I think for for there's a lot of open border advocates. I think who make really bad arguments, and and they were and, and they were actually like very popular arguments for a long time. And I think like. The Hoppians or the, the borderarians, the closed border libertarians, saw that these were bad arguments and just assumed that, well, if I can show you that your argument's wrong, obviously it means my argument is correct. Because if sure. you're, you know, that type of thing. But to me, I'm going to be completely honest. I, I feel like there's some people who read Hoppe on uh, his position on immigration and then they think that all that could be said on this topic has been said at that point right and that there's nowhere else to go sure. They never ever talk about like walter block's response to hoppa um which i think is very damning and very like just like unassailable in my opinion sure um and then you know they, they kind of give me the the hoppians and the closed border libertarians they just give me the impression of Ben Shapiro arguing with college students <laughs> thinking that they're the smartest people uh and that they have all the answers to this and it's so obvious and all these people are just stupid like you know this when it, like i cringe when libertarians try to justify open border um open borders on like well it will increase our economic standard or well yeah you right? can't make the economic like, argument even if that's true that's not a good argument for justifying it. right right uh, well this is the th- um, this is
2: the problem with that too is that no. it's actually it's different in different geographic regions in some regions it's not great for the economy in other regions it is and so the, the, you sure. can't really make a blanket statement about that because the actual um economic issues at play are too complex you cannot just blanket right. say oh it's
0: good for the economy right. well no it's not not everywhere um, yeah. And also, but also, I do want to be fair here, because also on the flip side, there are people who make economic arguments against the uh, these immigrants where they'll say that, well, you know, why are they coming here? Why couldn't if they can make America so great, why couldn't they make their own country so great? And for one, this is just dumb because I don't think you people understand how capital works. Right. Uh, there are people these people are fleeing capital. Uh, countries that have very limited capital or capital that is heavily regulated by government or entirely captured yes exactly and capital is a force multiplier right so obviously in a more capitally intense in a a country that's more capital intensive um one person's labor the same labor if we just made a comparison between uh one person's labor in america and one person's labor in or that same person's labor in, a, in like, their home country or something, even if they're, let's say, they're putting out the same amount of effort and they're doing the exact same thing, they're going to output more in the capital intensive country than they are in the less in capital intensive country. Uh, that's just how capital works, yes. Uh, so that, that, that is also a dumb argument, but, but on, on the principle of the thing, it's like, uh, <laughs> i i know we touched on this in the past but like the net taxpayer argument i i think the net it's taxpayer so argument and its consequences have been a disaster for the libertarian mind oh yes uh, I, I think it has done so much damage and uh, like there's there's a certain type of there's a certain type of intuitiveness to it i think that makes it alluring right um, because they think, well, yeah, if I'm being robbed here, well, the, you know, shouldn't I, you know, be able to set the terms on, you know, what my money is going to, stuff like that. I, I can, there's an intuitive nature to it that, you know, it makes it very easy for people to buy into that. argument. Yes.
2: And here's but the then, thing, here's the thing. The yeah. answer to that, in my view is like, like, yeah, you, you should be able to click to hit a checkbox when you, if you're paying taxes, you're forced to pay taxes, you should be able to hit a checkbox and say, I want it to be used for this, this, and this, and this. Like, like I, I think that's okay. But oh, on the yeah, other but like, side what, what it of it... To, you know, right, right. But the, they're making the argument from the other side of it. They're making the yes. argument that, like, the, the... Ultimately, what they're doing, and this is what bothered me about it so much, I know I interrupted you, I'm sorry, but, but what bothered me about well, what Rectorwell go- was saying so much was that he kept making this net taxpayer argument, and I asked him multiple times, why only the taxpayers who agree with you?
0: Yes. Right. Yeah. What if there's a taxpayer who wants to let in, uh, you know, uh, these people? Why? So then, then, yeah. Yeah. Then do you default to democracy? Do you say, well, it's the majority of the net taxpayers? That's what they're doing. That's what they have to do. Democracy, the God that works. Yes, exactly.
2: (laughs) That's what they have to do. They have to make a democratic argument. If you're, if you're operating on the basis of net taxpayer theory, you are, you must make a democratic argument.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. So, it's just it's it's very funny um and also you know here's the thing right is that look with Recknwald, Recknwald might be good on some issues right i'm not denying mm-hmm. that if i'm sure. being honest i don't think he really understands why i don't think he has a full understanding of the net taxpayer argument and the, the perhaps the implications of it um well, and it's, i think, he's just it in, think in about line, it for
2: two seconds I, it's
0: not hard i I think he just <laughs> believes in he he wants closed borders and he's trying to cherry pick whatever libertarian justification he can get used to get there. Yes. Right. So he's doing it backwards, which I think a lot of people do, to be uh, frank. Um, But but anyway, uh, right. And I, I asked this question of him and I think he responded one time, but then I, I pushed him a little bit on it and he didn't respond afterwards, which is that. OK, right. And I've used this argument before and it's not unique to me. Um, But, you know, let's say a child is born and let's say the state is going to fund use taxpayer money to fund the birth and care of children throughout their lives. Right. As they grow up. Um, And let's assume now. Right. So this is analogous to uh, immigrants coming into the country and using social services, because obviously, right. uh, As Walter Block would say, uh, the children are immigrating from Storkistan uh, into America. Sure. uh, Through birth. And, you know, they are going to be given social services, just like the immigrants are going to be given social services. Um, Now, let's assume, right, uh, we can't get rid of the subsidy, just as their argument is that, well, you know, because they'll say, well, we can't have a welfare state and open borders. uh, So and we can't get rid of the welfare state, so it has to be closed borders. Well, if you can't get rid of the subsidy to the children, right? Then wouldn't the argument be that you have to restrict procreation because we can't have more people coming in when we already have, when we have this like uh-huh. drain on our social services? Um, now some people will say, oh, but see, Hoppe has his Hoppe, uh, accounts for this, and he's he'll be like, well, you can invite someone in, so the parents are inviting the child in, right? But that is only partially true because while it's true that they do have an invite by the parents, you know, implicitly. Uh, there's a the problem with that is under Hoppe's stipulation. This stipulation is much more than just invitation. Hoppe believes that to for for the immigrant to be justified into coming in, the 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 inv- they must be invited and the inviter must cover all associated costs that would otherwise be socialized onto the taxpayers. That is not and right now, the education of children is uh, socialized even people who do not have any children are being forced to pay for the educations of children and those parents aren't like cutting that, that that you know uh single that single man or woman a check for having to pay for the education of their children so they're not covering the cost so uh, so that argument about like the the argument against like the child you know the argument i use which is the uh, the the child immigrant argument uh even under Hoppe's own argument, they do not reach uh, where Hoppe says you need to reach or you need to get to in order to justify an immigrant being in the country. You know what system so
2: this- kind of does, though? Mm. The uh, the marriage visa system. Mm. Because the there's a uh, like if the relationship you have to basically uh, you have to they don't have access to social services for something like 10 years. I could be very wrong about the timeline, but for something like 10 years, they don't have access to social services. And the person who married them basically has to foot the bill for their existence. Um, but the problem then becomes, okay, cool. Let's say we have that. And we do in some instances, what about children of the marriage? Right. What do you do with them? Because they're, they're, they're born here, right? They're citizens. They're they are they they are, uh, you know, owed, quote unquote, everything that a citizen born here was owed. So what do you do with that? It goes to your education argument, right? Like, what, what do you do with that? Right. How does that fall yeah. on that line?
0: The response I've always gotten from them is I, I think they cowered out personally. I think they chicken out of the actual conclusion and they'll just default to. Well, that's a really invasive violation of natural rights to restrict procreation. And it is. They're right. It, is. it absolutely is. But see, here's the thing. Restricting
2: your um, movement isn't
0: According to libertarian uh theory, when we talk about rights, what this is a colloquial usage uh in most cases, but what we're really talking about is the um the things we derive from the single right, right? Well it's libertarian. Roderick Long has piece uh, on this that libertarians really only believe in one right and i think that's correct which is the right to be free from aggression all right everything else like you talk about rights of free speech Mm -hmm. rights to you know uh those are just derivatives those are just like re uh like categorized ways of talking about your right to be free from aggression they're you know you're just cutting up the the pizza in different ways that's all you're doing you're not actually there's not other rights being added um, well,
2: I think I think uh, there's and, the the similar argument that that all libertarian rights derive from property rights is basically the same, saying the same thing. Yeah the the idea the, that
0: do what? Yes, no, yeah, I, I agree, but I, I think it's it's important to like point out that these all like even what when we're talking about property rights, that is also. Derive from the right not yes, to be right. aggressed against. Yeah. So you, you know, but I yes, what you're saying is very important. But I um but the reason I make that point is that from a libertarian point of view, restricting procreation is a rights violation for the same reason restricting someone's movement uh into unknown spaces is a rights violation. Exactly. They're rights violations for the exact same reason. Yes, um, his
2: arg their argument so, though right. w- is
0: that these spaces yeah, are go. not unowned. Yes, that is correct. I, I, yes, yes. Um, so uh, this is something you know. Uh, I, I don't want to turn this whole episode into an immigration episode, but that is a very important point um, because yes. th- th- their entire argument kind of hinges on this. Um, and you know, because uh, they recognize like the idea- they
2: recognize at bottom. Yeah. Just to to illustrate, they reckon yeah. or to contextualize, they they recognize yeah. at bottom. That you cannot have a right to control a thing you don't own. They recognize that, right? So yes. they have to somehow make the argument that unowned, quote unquote, unowned, not owned by a private entity, right, uh, or or a corporation or whatever, property uh, is uh, is owned by someone. It has to be owned by someone, and yeah. that someone ends up being usually they default to next net taxpayer
0: but right whatever
2: like they, like it has yeah. to but they recognize but that then, it must like be
0: owned. all of the next taxpayers? which ones how many yeah. Right? Why, yeah. yeah.
2: why do the ones that disagree with you not get to say
0: yeah exactly and you know this is a another thing uh that i was telling before how sometimes they try to like uh just like take two different sets of things and muddy the waters to make them look like the same thing they do this too with um uh, p- what they call what what we call as public property, right? Yes. Uh, now, as libertarians, we don't believe in public property, uh, like state public property. Um, and, but, but the problem with this is that uh, if I say, for example, if I make the case that there are some things we regard as public property that have actually been homesteaded or maybe they were stolen from an original owner and they are not actually public property, they're actually private property of, of someone, right? Okay. Um... That's very that's very plausible. That like there's there's nothing wrong with that argument. The problem is that you can't just assume from that that because some of these places that are considered public property are actually owned by by a person, and that person who owns it has the rights to dictate, you know, who travels or who uses the property in what way. Uh that doesn't mean that all public property has an owner. Right. Right? Like you can't just assume that you can't just get there from some people, some individuals in America may uh, legitimately own in a moral sense, some what we call public property. You can't get from that to, well, therefore, uh, private, you know, uh, public property uh, is owned. Uh, And and also, I want to be clear here, and and because I, I know this is getting in the weeds, but this is very, very important to dismantle the net taxpayer argument. The transfer of funds, money transferring from one pocket to another, cannot generate a title that previously did not exist. Right. When I pay for something, right, I can I can use money as a medium to transfer title of something I own to another person. Right. That's this happens all the time. Um, money cannot be used to to homestead to generate a title. So if something is already unowned. The state, like, using your money to hold that area of land, let's say captive, does not award you title to it. It logically cannot under libertarian norms. You uh, have to make
2: the argument, you have to start making more and more esoteric arguments about the idea of, like, the public trust and all this other stuff in order to justify these things.
0: Right. Like, an easy example, right, is, like, let's say, let's uh, go to feudal, uh, um, uh, feudalism example. If, uh, like, you know the king wants to award a lord uh, a plot of land, but this plot of land has never been homesteaded. Let's say it's just a plot of land that is in within the king's borders, and he has uh, you know um, you know just held it captive. No one can use it, but but it's never been homesteaded. And then the lord or the baron uh, pays him money. Uh, pays the king money in exchange for this land right okay he paid him money so now the land uh in in a legal sense is now to the lord or the baron or you know whoever um under libertarian theory it would be perfectly justified for a group of like uh, peasants to go homestead that land and there's nothing that lord can do to kick them off <laughs> right even though he paid for it <laughs> because he did not actually homestead it he just paid for land that was not homesteaded uh so it's it's very important to distinguish uh my money has been stolen from me and state is using it in many different ways Two. uh But that doesn't give you actually a a homestead claim just because your money is being used.
2: What it's doing is it's it's applying this idea, right? Libertarian property norms are very Lockean, and they're not one hundred percent Lockean, but they're very Lockean, right? And it's applying the anti-Lockean norm of fencing in
0: to this idea
2: (laughs) of the state.
0: Yes. Yeah. If I just build a you know a dome around the earth, well, I own the earth. I own it areas of the earth now because exactly. i built a dome around it exactly <laughs> yes.
2: but that's not the, the lock the Lockean sort of proviso requires that that be in use that it be like yes. that it actually be um right generating productivity for the person
0: in some in way. way we can yeah. in a way we know this from libertarianism is that um libertarian property rights give you the right to exclude people from the property right yes. But because you can only you only get the right to exclude people once you have homestead something that logically implies that you cannot use exclusion as a means of homestead. So you see how that works? Mm-hmm. Like it, yeah. you, it, that logically doesn't work. Uh, you have to first homestead and then you get the right to exclude exclusion itself cannot be the basis for homesteading.
2: That's exactly right. And so simply simply saying I own that now isn't enough. Right. Yes. Even building a fence around it and saying I own it right. isn't enough or drawing a line on yes. a map and saying I own everything inside this.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, and and so they make just like that though. In order to justify these things, the arguments get increasingly esoteric. And they start and talking about things true. that broadly they don't understand. Concepts like the public yes. trust, right? Okay, well, if you have a public trust, then that means there's a trustee. And that trustee right. then is normatively at least required to meet certain uh certain benchmarks for their behavior with the Mm -hmm. with what they hold in trust for another person and so you then have to make the argument of everything that they're doing is in line with the uh the the role of the trustee right and that's simply not the case when you're dealing with the state
0: yeah And, and also you know and i I criticize rothbard for this too because he made a similar case but hoppe also makes this case too which is that um you know the state is like it's it's a you know in the same way right so like we can think of like someone who takes someone prisoner and uh from a normative sense they should obviously release the you know if i just like kidnap you off the street dean and i put you in my uh in my uh, cell in my basement or something um I should obviously release you, but until I release you, I am—I have a moral obligation to act as a steward, uh, to like make sure you're fed and you know yes. things like that. Right. Um, this is the this is the then,
2: underpinning theory, by the way, behind the idea that police don't have any responsibility for your safety until you are in custody.
0: Right. Yes. So, um, Hoppe you know, and, and some other libertarians will make the argument that well, because the state has these things captive they have an obligation to treat the the public property as if it was private property as if it was like owned by a person now the problem with this is that libertarian theory doesn't say anything about how private property should be used <laughs> yeah it's private <laughs> you do, do what you do what you want with it yeah right yeah so be- once we get, once we knock that out, that option out, then we begin to see that okay, if it is the case that you know, let's say, let's take a majoritarian or a, de- a democratic argument. So, okay, the majority of the net of net taxpayers, let's say, get to decide what goes on public property or what the rules are for it, as if it was their private property. Okay, okay, sure. Let's let's go here. Well, what if mo- a majority of them say? Yeah, you have to get vaccinated if you want to enter this public property, <laughs> right? Or let's say, or hey, you're not allowed to he- have a gun on you while you're on this public property. Or many um, such cases of not, that. Or maybe um, you're not allowed to carry a holy document or a holy book with you, or um, express certain like views on this public property because people believe it to be hate speech. The majority of the net taxpayers believe it to be hate speech. Well um i hate to break it to them but the net taxpayer theory legitimizes that that is a legitimate consequence of net taxpayer theory is that that would be a legitimate uh if net taxpayer theory is true then libertarianism would permit that in these spaces
2: if necessarily the net taxpayer who disagrees yeah. with the person making this decision is ignored okay okay like, like necessarily, yeah. then we must then there there has to be some sort of decision by which or some sort of method by which the decision is legitimized at bottom. It has to be democratic. Yeah, right. It has to be
0: how else Yeah, yeah. Unless what you're doing they, is trying to legitimize unanim- the idea
2: of a God King, then it right. has to be democratic.
0: Right. And or they could say, well, it has to be unanimous, which, you know, they luck. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's Um, that's
2: yes, that's that's how that works. That works incredibly well. But it's funny. Okay,
0: this is just my own anecdotal experience. But whenever I've pointed out that exact point to people who support the next net taxpayer argument, they seem to get very upset. And they're like, oh, no, you're just, you know, but they don't reply back with an actual argument. They just get very mad. Yeah, uh, Well, because they know
2: uh, that they're making an argument for democracy, the God that works in this one instance.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. I think Jack Lowe first said that. I, yes. The first time yes. I, I, it's absolutely, that. Absolutely. It's I think I just, stole that from Jack it's, yeah. it's such a good uh, phrase because it's true. It's exactly true. Yeah. They believe democracy is evil, except in this one case. Yeah.
2: <laughs> evil yeah. and also yeah. not a basis for legitimation of aggression, not a basis right. to like all of these things about democracy, right? Which Hoppe is correct about people who don't like democracy. Correct yeah. about all of it. Yeah. It's like the
0: the masses are wrong, except when they the majority of the net taxpayer masses want me to turn in my guns and and make me, you know, make me keep the gun in the house. Yeah. Then then obviously they're correct
2: or want to restrict the movement of other individuals, as in this case, like like, the use violence to restrict the free movement of other people.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's and also, yeah, just like that, it's like. If they are serious about, uh, you know, not because this whole argument uh, is about like cushioning the taxpayers, which, you know, that before you hear how they're going to do it, that sounds great, oh, right? Yeah. You know, you don't want to put more burden on the taxpayers. But <laughs> once you uh, um, once you think about it for like just a little bit, you begin to see that. Oh, OK. So if they were in if we were in a socialized country, would these people become health cops? Right. Would well, they say sure. well, we can't have McDonald's, we can't have, uh, you know, the masses eating McDonald's when their care is being socialized onto the taxpayer. So as a libert is a consistent libertarian, I have to, you know, go firebomb the McDonald's. Uh, it's the it's the only way to stop aggression.
2: <laughs> there was a. There was a very similar argument that was being made. Um. And I think it came off of one of the things that um, AZMC was saying. The, uh, it was an argument about aggression and what defines aggression, okay? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And at bottom, the argument that people were making about, they were making an argument about pot smoke. There was a guy who was making an argument, he was saying, okay, let's say that we're trapped in an elevator and you light Mm -hmm. up a joint. And we're going to be trapped in this elevator for a little bit and I know I'm going to lose my job if I if I piss hot for weed. Mhm. And his argument was you lighting up the joint must necessarily be aggression. Okay? Because of that. Because I've basically because I asked you not to. Was his argument?
1: Uh-huh.
2: Okay. Um the let me let me actually find the thing. His argument, that, that was his argument. And so what I did was I quoted it, and this is, what, this is, this is basically his quote with a few words changed.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: If I'm minding my own business in a closed room with no ventilation and no way to leave the room for 30 minutes, and you decide to breathe unmasked in this closed room, and your actions cause me <laughs> to have a positive COVID test, and I lose my life, you weren't being aggressive? Yeah, I think this is one of the core issues with a lot of people who profess to be libertarians, who want to be part of a libertarian movement, who want to do all these other things. At bottom, they don't understand what the bad thing is.
0: Dean, if I see you feel dressing a deer uh, next door <laughs> and I and I piss my pants, then everyone's going to laugh at me. And then my life's going to be <laughs>
2: Dude, I saw we were driving back from from Lubbock. We were driving back to Houston and we passed the, in this small Texas town. There was a deer processing, like a little small business for deer mm-hmm. processing in the middle of this small Texas town, right <laughs> on the main drag. I wanted to take a picture so bad and send it because I was like this, this, this is what the Praxians. This is the Praxian nightmare.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This right here. Yeah. <laughs> this is the this is the world libertarians want, and it's just the processing plan for the deer.
2: Exactly! Day. Exactly! In the middle yeah. of a small Texas town. Probably employs half the town. Right?
0: I'd like but to see them was... try that in a small town.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try processing a deer in the middle of our small town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah go ahead we got a business for yeah, it we'll hire yeah. you <laughs> yeah do it
0: i dare you
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm so glad you mentioned that because it made me think of that that was the that that is one of the funniest things i drove right but it's a big old sign right in the middle of town <laughs> dude right in the middle of this small town deer processing uh, here <laughs> <laughs> oh it made me laugh i'm sorry but the, oh. the point being no, yeah. At no. bottom, I think the problem with a lot of these people is they don't actually understand
0: what aggression is for libertarians conceptually. Yeah. Aggression is thing I don't like that causes consequence I don't like. Right. Exactly. Right, yeah.
2: And I was having, actually, I was having this discussion with Bennett, because um, Bennett was making, a, Bennett thinks that the nap is basically, re- reduces to itself, that that it's circular, right? Um, uh, I mean, it's an axiom.
0: Yeah, I mean, in the sense that... His argument uh, like, is
2: that it can't be axiomatic. His argument is that what it's trying to do is codify a vibe It's an uh, interesting argument I mean, that he makes
0: yeah i I mean you could say that, but i i, I when he says it loops back in on itself or that circular um all axioms are circular.
2: Right, in the right. sense that
0: they don't, they're not derived from anything prior to give themselves explanation.
2: Well, it was interesting. Um, one of his issues with it, he told me he was. Uh, he said one of his issues with it, the, the he was describing something, and he says this just reduces to a uh, a tautology. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yes,
0: it, yes, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, Any any moral norm, uh, any prime moral norm, and what I mean by that is a uh, which is not, you know, explained by some other moral norm, is a tautology. Yeah. Well, in 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 in, well, in it's, like it's not a tautology. Is is the kind maybe not the the best way to word that because it's not like uh, it, it's 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 primary. It's a brute. It's like a brute fact of moral reasoning, right? Every, if you're going to. If you're going to propose some moral norm, eventually you're going to reach a point where you just have to assert that something is good or bad. (laughs) And and there's no explanation for it beyond it, right?
2: Right, exactly. And this is, well, this is one of the interesting things that, that, for example, classical mathematics, right? It's built on a set of assumptions about how numbers work. And there's a name for these assumptions that I've since forgotten. But um, it's built on this sort of these these axiomatic ideas that everyone just kind of has to say, okay, yeah, that's true, that's how yes. that works.
0: You have to uh, uh, propose an axiom, or else you can't use logic.
2: Exactly, because you
0: can't. <laughs> you know, it's difficult. Once you, can't you, you
1: get there without them,
2: yeah. Once you reach sort of what what a ground truth is, um, yeah. it's you can't it's hard to go farther than that. (laughs) Right.
0: right. Hard in the sense that it's
2: practically impossible because you have to accept some base assumption.
0: Right. And I mean, like science, right? right? The scientific method has certain presumptions that are not testable by science itself, right? Um, uh, So you kind of have to just assert those and, you know, hope they're true or assume they're true in order for the whole thing to work. Uh. Exactly. Anyway, I, I just I, I think that's one of the core
2: problems that people have when they make when they make these arguments, like when they're making the net taxpayer sure. argument or when they're making the uh, the, you know, the, the borderarian argument or the argument about how you smoking pot too close to me is aggression. Like, like I, I, right. the, the problem that they're having is that they're not understanding aggression. They're not understanding and what I, the actual bad thing is that libertarianism is supposed to answer.
0: I yeah, I think they're not quite understanding what aggression is, and I, I think that they're um, strong consequentialists, uh, I think, many of these oh, people. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I, I think that, you know, so many times that I see someone, like, say, well, I used to be a libertarian. It's always when they discover that there was something in libertarianism that led to an outcome they didn't like, and they're like, well, obviously libertarianism is wrong because I don't like this outcome. <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> you know uh, something like that postulates uh, and, and, you know, it, i'm sorry i was looking yes. at postulates in,
2: oh, in postulate, classical mathematics yes. and geometry you have these underlying postulates that everyone just kind of has yes. to say okay yeah that's true what is a line is one of those postulates right. what wh- how you define a line is one of those postulates
0: yeah yep
2: i'm sorry i, I um, was i was it was really yeah, bugging yeah, no, me that i couldn't
0: remember that word <laughs> yeah, no Yeah. you're good you could. um yeah th- there's just um uh, I, I think they're strong consequentialists. And I think for uh, I think the border argument mainly I, I see. Here's the thing. I maybe I'm cynical, but I think most of the people who are closed borders are closed borders for consequentialist reasons. And mm-hmm. they re- use retroactive argumentation to get there. Right. Yes. They're like, I my position is closed borders, and I'm going to try to find any way um, to, like, justify that. Um. Uh, rather than like being okay here are the libertarian principles and i'm going to go where they follow and if they lead to closed borders then they lead to closed borders i don't think most closed borders people are the latter Uh, i think they start at the position that closed borders bad or or, sorry open borders bad closed borders good now let me try to like find any argument i can latch onto to to justify that um yes um, it's
2: it's arguing it's arguing from your conclusion the 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 open borders bad why because (laughs) reasons i'm coming up with now
0: as opposed to like
2: taking the the axiom taking the postulates and and actually moving forward logically from them it's just eh. i don't
0: i don't know if you you want to talk about this but did you see the post about that that certain libertarian who was talking about like how well it's pointless to be against elimination of any one tax right we have God, to impose taxation yes, that fucking guy and and he talked do you see the like the the thing i sent you with the bail reform one thing he yes mentioned?
2: yes uh, he was arguing he yeah i i think i i think i actually thank you for sending I, me I that because it made this. me so fucking I, angry
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i can i have the picture somewhere i can i can look it um oh yeah here it is um but yeah anyway uh you know this idea that well because you know if we if we just get rid of one tax then the state is just going to use those resources in some other way. So it's pointless, right? We just have to eliminate taxation itself. It's like, okay, well, you know, it's like saying that, well, you know, we just stop a murder. We're not going to stop other murderers by stopping that murder. Uh, And maybe another murderer just coming to fill his place. So we can't do anything until we just stop murder as a set. Yes. As a whole thing. Yes. Until we can eliminate murder as a set there's no point in trying to eliminate any one, any given murder. uh, Stop, stop any given murder. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's, it's absolutely nuts. He's making the fucking
2: bail reform argument like a dummy. This is the the thing that bugs me about that. I I just posted it. If you want to read. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. Here it is. The, the, the relevant portion here. Um, uh, uh, and, and, okay. Now we're living in the worst crime in America since the nineties, thanks to bail reform and defund the police. Okay, okay. listen, buddy. Listen to me very carefully. The governor of Texas made this same argument, and I know he's smarter than this. I don't know if you are, but I know he is. It's a lie. And the reason it's a lie is that there has been, okay, no true bail reform in the state of Texas. And I can speak to this in particular, so I am. There has been no true bail reform in the state of Texas. The only bail reform that actually occurred was with regard to misdemeanors. And part of that's because our jails are too fucking full. So, that's one thing. The other thing is, and this is something a lot of people don't understand, and I think this is probably true for several states, not just Texas, but Texas is, as I understand it, relatively unique in this. In Texas, it is unconstitutional. To set unreasonable bail for the purpose right. of keeping the accused in jail.
0: Right. The what if if you want to just keep them in jail, then what's the point of bail in the first
2: place? Which is why in Texas we have no bonding. Yeah. We have a thing called no bonding. The prosecutor can go in there and they can say this person should be no bonded for these reasons. If the judge agrees, they're no bonded. They don't get to leave. Okay, and usually it follows a new law violation or something like that, where they they were out on on bail, they did something else bad, and then they're taken back, and it's like, okay, you've proven you can't be a good guy outside of jail, so we're putting you in jail. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's what it is most of the time, not always. In fact, this is kind of a funny story that's related to that, and I told this in the in the group chat as well. But the the uh, the judge who gave me my oath as, a, as, a, as a, an attorney in the state of Texas, did so about 30 minutes after he had to leave the bench because he was so angry at a prosecutor who had asked him to do just that. <laughs> the prosecutor was making all these arguments about wh- why bail needs to be set so ridiculously high in order to keep this guy in jail. And the judge, after hearing these arguments for a little bit, he goes, wait, he says, are you asking me to set bail to keep him in jail? He says, you realize, he doesn't let the guy answer, he says, you realize that that is unconstitutional and illegal in the state of Texas. (laughs) And he told him, he said, you do not ask me to do anything unconstitutional in this courtroom ever again. He said, I'm setting bail at such and such an amount. We can handle this later. Leave. And then he got off the bench oh, yeah. and went back to chambers. He was fucking angry, and that <laughs> that was when uh, Lady Jane said, "You know, if he has time, he could probably swear you in." And I was like, "I want that. I want him to do that."
0: <laughs> yeah. My favorite like uh, genre of judges are the judges who get pissed at prosecutors who like yell at them. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good, and it happens.
2: Here's the thing: it happens to everybody. You're gonna have a judge yell at oh. you, but. Man, it was just, it was weirdly satisfying to see a judge be like, you realize, you know, that that is unconstitutional. (laughs) And, and it was, it was, it was just so much fun to see. But anyway, yes, uh, this is, this is a stupid argument, at least for what I know specifically about the state of Texas.
0: Yeah. And this guy, the guy who made this post claims to be an ANCAP. I just want to be clear about that. Yes. And he's making this argument. And, (laughs) um, also, he's there saying, was no year-over-year year
2: decrease in police budgets in the state, either. Just want to make that clear.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. He, because he's critiquing the defund the police type thing, uh, you know? Uh, and it's like, because he's arguing that, well, I, you know, when I see an ANCAP make this argument, well, look at the, they defunded the police, and then there's all this crime. Like, I, I'm just, I am baffled. That you claim to hold the same philosophy as me, right? It doesn't make like, any it's sense. Genuinely jarring. <laughs> um,
2: it's just—it's honestly—it's it's just as annoying to me as the people who say defund the police, and then when pressed, they're like, "No, no, no, I just mean send it, the funding to yeah, other yeah. stuff." It's just, no, yeah. no, 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 defund it. I mean it. Yeah.
0: I don't mean give me a better schedule. I mean abolish time. Right. <laughs> 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 <Or I, I, laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, that was, I don't mean abolish time. Just give me a better schedule. Right. That whole discussion that was going on.
2: Oh, man. That was the weirdest fucking thing. People, the people are just like, I'm a time abolitionist. And yeah. the, the, the response was upstairs banging. I think it's their. I'm a chili cheese rice crusader. How do you do, fellow time yeah, exactly? I'm a time abolitionist, and the argument was against the the uh, the, the, uh, the 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 Protestant work ethic, basically, and the culture around it. Sure. The idea that you have to just work say on the that time. exactly. Just say that exactly. Just say what you mean. Stop naming your thing retarded stuff. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't actually think that, don't say you think that. It's the same for the defund the oh, police yeah. people because now people think I'm like them. I'm not like the defund yeah, the police people. people. I'm I an anarchist. When I like, say it.
0: Yeah, right. It's like, yeah, I'm an anarchist. I think that, you know, taxes should be 5% lower. And, exactly. you know, maybe cut back on military spending a little bit. No, shut and the up. the border should be closed. <laughs> the border should be closed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Like, honestly, I just want these people to become Republicans. Just I mean, they, I, I, you know, I, I, you're halfway there. Just identify it. Just please just be just, you know, wear it on your sleeve who you are and don't yes. try to, you know, infiltrate other things and then try to, like, make these stupid, stupid arguments, these spaghetti pretzel arguments. That's <laughs> like, well, actually, here's exactly. how libertarianism justifies killing all these people for no reason. It's like yes, thank you. Where were we philosophically without you? There's a similar <laughs> argument
2: happening now about disarming trans people, and it's like, stop it, mm-hmm. stop it,
0: stop it, <laughs> yeah, you dummies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just I, 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 I just I have no tolerance for this. Uh, it's just it's the dumbest
2: thing. And by the way, the the reason that I bring up all the Texas stuff is because Texas suffered the same crime spike post COVID as everybody else. Mm there's there's, this even without any real bail reform even without um defunding the police texas suffered the same crime spike as everybody else post-covid so so the the idea that the idea that defund the police which hasn't really happened anywhere so there may be a a few municipalities where the police budget actually did go down um but that's not defunding either it's just reducing a budget anyway um the, the there may be a few places where that occurred, but it, at least in, in in regard to Texas on a statewide sort of basis, there was no year over year decrease in police budgets. Mm-hmm. There was no real bail reform. They just stopped doing ridiculous bail for uh for misdemeanors, basically. And um the same crime spike happened. So so it's not you can't blame these things. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why i bring up texas in particular is because i know kind of how it went down here and the governor made the same argument and the governor was dead wrong when he said it and this guy's dead wrong when he says it it's just yeah anyway <laughs> sorry no you're fine it's just a it it re, that just really it made me so mad when you sent that you <laughs> sent that to me i was like thank you thank <laughs> I, you for I bringing this to my I attention saw.
0: I saw the bail reform thing mentioned as a reason why crime is spiked, and I knew, I knew you'd get a kick out <laughs> <laughs> And um, also, also, this is an ANCAP talking about, yeah, we should keep people in jail who are innocent until proven guilty.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh my
0: god, just... Please shoot me.
2: Ugh. I have problems. I have problems with the fact that they can no bond people in preponderance after a new law violation. Mm-hmm. By the way, did you know that they can no bond people for pre- at the at the preponderance standard, not the reasonable doubt standard at the preponderance, preponderance? Stand, uh, preponderance of the evidence is 51 percent, basically, or 50 percent oh, plus okay. one and more likely than not that this occurred. It's a it's a standard that's used mostly in the civil system, but. I see. Okay. In the criminal system, if you get brought in on a new law violation and the evidence shows by preponderance that you that you violated the new law, you would be no bonded.
0: Chance plus one is all it takes. Wow. Yes, that's uh, jeez. Yes, they can take away your bond,
2: and that means that means you're thrown in jail until your trial.
0: Yeah, that is. That's wow.
2: Yeah,
0: it's crazy.
2: And then there is a there is a standard by which you have to have your trial or you're going to get, or you are owed bond again. Like, they can't keep you in jail for too long. But,
0: you know, this whole thing, I'm just reading the message again. And, you know, people talk about, well, we need to get more, we need to get more libertarians. We need more, you know, more people voting for libertarian candidates. I think we need less libertarians. I think these people should go. <laughs> The tucker, where the who cares? An
2: argument about being an elitist where it's just like no no, no. we don't we yeah. don't need populism we need better elites it's the same thing <laughs> we're just like we don't need a broad libertarian coalition we need better libertarians yeah. fewer better libertarians yeah.
0: yeah like where the where were these you know unquote libertarians go who cares yeah. let's just uh hopefully they go somewhere that's not here all right <laughs> go away uh, god that's such a fucking bad
2: take. I, I just, ugh. Yeah. Well, the rest of his thing is bad, too, but that's the one that I know specifically yeah. about is really <laughs> Yeah, that's bad. why I
0: highlighted it, is like, oh, my God. It just got worse and worse as it went on. It was like, <laughs> holy shit. like You know, it's a take. Thing, it's, like, a,
2: it's a Fox News viewer take. That's what it is. It is.
0: No, it is. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you you watch Fox News and you don't actually question anything they're saying. You listen to the governor yep. of Texas and you don't actually question what he's saying and look into <laughs> right. it. And this is what you get. You get takes like this. Yeah. Anyway. So Anyway, Rectenwald. Oh yeah. Um you did mention um the original drill tweet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The original drill tweet, and this was back, I believe, when Rechtenwald was still a commie. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. Uh, he claims... I, look, I'm going to be honest. I don't believe he was a Marxist. I'm going to... I'm just, like... I don't believe Rechtenwald knew or claimed to espouse Marxist theory in and out. But that's just my in, interjection. But anyway, sure. yeah, he claimed... This is back when he claimed to be a Marxist. Yes. Um, um, this was in 2011 um and the, the drill tweet it, it, it's famous it's probably it's probably the, or at least to me it's the most famous drill tweet i know yes uh, it's it, the, it, i'm not it own, is, in, yeah. in quotes i'm not owned i'm not owned i continue to insist as i drink and transform into a corn cob and uh then underneath the tweet there's been a mistake sir please unblock me and it's a screen cap of Reckonwald blocking drill <laughs> <laughs> so that you know that's like retroactive lore for me because i always about the first tweet. I, and now that we know who Reckonwald is, it's like that recontextualizes so yes, much. It it's really like, yeah, that's who that tweet was about.
2: And he hasn't changed. He's still not owned no. and he's still transforming into a corn cob.
0: <laughs> yes, slowly as time has gone on. <laughs> I think I said this last time, but my rule is that if you're going to have a presidential candidate, they cannot have been owned on Twitter by Drill. Uh, like that's immediately disqualifying. <laughs> This can't have happened. Um,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, there cannot be a famous drill tweet about them. <laughs> yes, correct. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably a good rule. Yeah. Speaking of this, by the way, Sarwark at the same time as as um at the same time as this is going on, Sarwark is doxing. <laughs> the AZ Mises Caucus uh, account operator who we know but but who is who? I, mean, I don't want to I'm trying to be very careful I don't want to over publicize any of this right um but but it did happen uh the, the Sarwark threw the, the gold wedge account which is assumed to be his alt right uh but Sarwark got mad at him so while this is going on Sarwark is trying to dox him <laughs>
0: Oh, my God.
2: I don't think you were there for that. I think that happened before no. you came back to Twitter for a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was not there for that particular instance. Uh, yeah. Honestly, it was that's not insane. shocking to me. Uh, it's insane, but it's not shocking to me, really. <laughs> like, Sarmark seems to be the smarmy type of guy who would do something like that to me.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he absolutely is. Absolutely is. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Wow. He was doing that shit. Trying to full docs the operator of that account. Who is, again, one of the best operators of an account that I've seen.
0: Oh, yeah. Very, very controlled with
2: it. Arizona
0: Mises is the best Mises Caucus account. Yes. I
2: agree. I agree. So it, it it kinda what bummed me out was that we know this guy, the operator of that account. He's very, very thoughtful in how he operates that account. Very careful. Very, very honest without forgetting that he's part of a larger organization when he's on that account and can't say, you know, things that he might personally disagree with, but but it's not him. It's Arizona Mises, and he knows that. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Something a lot of people forget when they're running an account like that. Oh, yeah. So it bummed me out. I was like, why is Sorok attacking him? He's so good. (laughs) He's so good (laughs) at his shit. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Um... There was another thing that happened, another big news thing. Yep. Unsealed Epstein documents. Yes, yes. Now, some of the fallout from this that was the most funny was all the people memeing on the fact that Stephen Hawking was... in <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone, the funniest one I saw was someone who posted Stephen Hawking on the way to the orgy on Epstein Island, and it was a video of, of someone scuba diving in a wheelchair. <laughs> oh my
1: god.
2: <laughs> Jesus. It made me laugh so hard, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, but here, just to lay some groundwork for this from time. The names of acquaintances and associates of wealthy financier Jeffrey Epstein, including that of former U.S. presidents and British royalty, were released on Wednesday uh, in a set of court documents that were part of a suit against Ghislaine Maxwell in 2015. The documents, uh, the first in more than 200 that are expected to be unsealed over the next few days, are part of the defamation lawsuit filed by victim Virginia Roberts uh, Greffet. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Uh, Maxwell has previously called Griffet a liar, after she alleged that Epstein and Maxwell had abused her, that case was eventually settled in 2017. But Maxwell was ready sentenced to 20 years in prison for recruiting young girls for Epstein to sexually exploit in a criminal investigation of Epstein's acts after his death. Names of figures that were previously associated with Epstein, such as Prince Andrew and former presidents Donald Trump and Bill Clinton, were mentioned in the court documents, but there was little new information uh, outside of what was already known to the public. Some documents have previously yeah. been released into court cases. Epstein's high-profile contacts have been covered extensively in the media. What's up?
0: There's also been a little bit of misreporting on this because I know that some people, there were some names in the documents, but some of those names um, in the report, if you actually read it, uh, they'll say that they were not actually like on the island or anything like that or not <laughs> right. even contacted. Like it would just be one person saying, hey, did you, I think one of them was like George Lucas and they asked, hey, did you ever. George Lucas, and they're like, no, but his name is in the d- just by- sure, yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. D- um, did you see the meme I just posted?
2: Yes. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. So the the episode of The Simpsons with Stephen Hawking, where Lisa Simpson is riding yeah. in his lap on the wheelchair, and yeah. doomer face with twenty twenty four.
0: Yeah. <laughs> horrible but uh yeah it's oh just, that's geez. funny
2: yeah that's really funny anyway so so that was what occurred those those documents came out and it's been interesting to see some of the fallout of it the uh the the, the <laughs> some of the memes are hilarious um but one of the interesting things that happened as a result of this came from dershowitz
1: Dershowitz,
2: oh, yes. yes, Dershowitz has been in the news. He is a, uh, he is a very, um, controversial figure, we shall say. He, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he showed up in these documents and his response is one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen.
0: I read this, but I haven't seen the video, so I'm very excited.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's great. Um, (laughs) I have here the video. uh, I'll probably be adjusting the volume as it begins, but but um, here we go. Uh, You might, by the way, you might uh, um, echo to yourself while this plays. But
0: here we go. I'll mute.
2: The one point I do want to make is that I understand all the feminist groups and the radicals who think this is the worst thing in the world. That anybody ever had any contact with Jeffrey Epstein. Where are all those radical feminists when it comes to the Hamas rapes of young Jewish girls, sexual abuse, beheadings? They are quiet. They are silent. The incredible hypocrisy of the Me Too movement. Me Too, except if you're a Jew. There you go. <laughs> wow. I,
0: what a wonderful defense.
2: How crazy. This was tweeted by Keith Woods. He says uh, Dershowitz actually responded with, but do you condemn Hamas?
0: <laughs> the prosecutor uh asking me, Did you murder that man? And then me responding, Well, do you care about the murder committed? Do you care about the
2: over there? Do you care about the <laughs> what do you think of 9-11? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: oh,
0: wow <laughs> jeez that is that is something that is uh
2: it's not a great defense He goes on to say like and and I want all the documents released because they'll show that I didn't actually have any contact with with any of Epstein's sexual scandals yeah, maybe
0: stuff. lead with that first next time yeah. Uh, you yeah
2: think that's a better idea, maybe make that argument <laughs> yeah. <said? laughs> just hold on guys the as the documents come out it'll become very clear that I knew him as a financier and a donor and not as a sex fiend just be aware that that yeah I'm in the documents but just wait for the rest of the documents to come out I, I, I obviously wasn't involved in any of this grody shit right that's yeah. the argument to make not but do you condemn Hamas
0: it's the kid in the meme standing at the crossroads with the two <laughs> castles <laughs> <laughs>
2: Exactly. That is exactly right. Man, it is one of the it, that is just that made me laugh so hard. Yeah. An, another person who got caught up in these documents is I need to I need to open this up in this other thing here that I had. Another person who got caught up in the, in these documents was um the wife of one of the guys who was pushing really hard for um uh for uh Claudine Gay to be fired at Harvard. Uh, if you remember this story, Oh yes. Yes. She she actually did resign or was fired. I can't I don't actually know what happened there. But um she was caught up in a, after, okay, this, this was after, this is, uh, the, 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 the social function of this is so interesting to me. After all of the Ivy League schools basically said, we're not going to arrest people for saying Free Palestine, um, after the Ivy League people all said that, pretty much in unison, the, they, people started mm-hmm. attacking the people who run these schools. One of them was Claudine Gay, who was the president at Harvard. And cloning Gay, people started going through her academic work, and it turns out she's a plagiarizer, okay, that, that she plagiarized mm-hmm. chunks of her academic material. And one of the guys who was pushing this, um, who was pushing for her to be fired, was Bill Ackman, okay? Bill Ackman mm-hmm. is married to a woman who works at MIT named Neary Oxman. Neary oxman people started looking into other people right like this is this is basically mm-hmm. um f- trying to find accusations of plagiarism to throw at people who are accusing people of plagiarism. I'm personally cool with it. I hate that <laughs> plagiarism is uh-huh. such a big thing in academia, especially as someone who has to sort who has to cite everything right <laughs> if you yeah. if you're turning in a document to the court, you have to have your citations you can't just. Dude, say citations are always the worst part of any paper oh, like an our <laughs> it's the worst it's such a pain and and here's the thing yeah. texas has weird citation rules for legal stuff there's like weird pen cite rules and we also have a strange court system and so you have to have a like a weird citation at the end of a case for whether or not the case was taken to the Supreme court and how they yeah. did or didn't take it because there's a way that the Supreme court cannot take a case and say, uh, but we like the ruling. So the ruling is now law, but we're just not going to take it up and basically reiterate it. Yeah.
0: Um, and, and that's a different kind of citation. It's a pain. It is a huge pain. You should just be able to put a disclaimer at the top and say, some of these words are not my own. And then that's exactly. it. Then you're like,
1: all right, there you go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but but so people have been just looking into each other. Well, it turns out Neri Oxman has plagiarized a little bit in the past. uh the the wife of Bill uh, Ackman, and interestingly, <laughs> Neri Oxman showed up in the Epstein documents.
0: Oh, it's all. <laughs> Dude, this is like the Spider-Man pointing meme everywhere. <laughs> They're just like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it's all connected too. You get a guy like Epstein yeah. who's connected to pretty much everybody, right? And so these this spider web that gets built out of that is incredible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this is a story from Art News. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein's ties to the MIT Media Lab have been a source of contention. Uh, in August, it was revealed that the laboratory, which is based in Cambridge, Massachusetts, had received around $800,000 in funding from the now deceased sex offender. <laughs> now, there's yet another art world connection to Epstein that has come to light. An oversized 3D printed present, uh, marble presented to him by artist Neary Oxman a professor at MIT's mediated matter department at the request of Joshi Ito, the lab's director who recently resigned the piece presented by Oxman, a renowned designer and architect with an upcoming show at MoMA uh, in New York was opening in February. uh, I'm sorry, which is opening in February, 2020. This is an old story. Um, After it was given to Epstein in 2017, after he donated $125,000 to her design lab at MIT
0: Mm. (laughs) man what a what a like you know series of events like the you think the first thing that's going to be a big whammy is uh you you know people finding out that you also plagiarized and then you're also the epstein documents
2: (laughs) 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 it is it is so funny to me. Well remember the first thing that that, that we talked about with the Claudian Gay story was how much of the news on the on the internet's written by AI that's so focused uh-huh. on SEO they were calling her Claudian
0: homosexual. Dude, can we talk for a about how SEOs have destroyed search engines? Uh, I fucking it, hate it, dude. With, I this is the worst it's ever been. Like I, I I'm not so joking. Bad. I don't know if other people I don't know if other people have had the same experience. I will search for something. And I'll not find the result, and that never used to be the case. I could search for things, like, two years ago online, and, you know, maybe I'd have to scroll, like, down four four posts or something like that to find what I really wanted, but I would be on the first page, right? Right. Not anymore. <laughs> no, it's not terrible. Anymore.
2: You can't, do, and, and one of the things that brought it into such sharp focus was when a lot of Reddit was shut down, and uh-huh. everybody kind of realized, holy shit, I use Google to get to Reddit. Yeah, <laughs> I use Google as a method by which I can surface Reddit threads that will actually answer my question. Yes, yeah, that was that was such a huge thing for a lot of people. I didn't realize how much I did it until most of Reddit was shut down.
0: Yeah, I, I it almost I, it, feels it was, like it, and, you know, this maybe this is. um, uh, This has always been here to some extent, but it feels like whenever I search something in the search engine now. It feels like it's an ad, it. It is only designed for advertisers. It's like here, oh, it it like finds a keyword in in your search, and then it's like oh, we can sell this person something. Yes, uh, or, or this it, it'll relate like down like it. it's like oh, this thing like this thing. So I'm gonna put this up in the search result, and you know uh, whatever reason it's it's awful.
2: Yeah. It's really bad. I, I was I was searching stuff just today, actually. I was trying to search around for some stuff on Google. Couldn't fucking find it. There's stuff that I know exists, dude. There's stuff that yeah. I know exists that I remember reading two or three years ago. I know it's real. I read it. And I go and I look, and I'm trying to search. for. I can remember parts of the headline distinctly, and, and so I'm looking for those terms and stuff. Can't fucking find it. Can't find it. It's the it, it it sucks, dude. The search engines are terrible. And it is it is a lot of SEO that's ruined it. hmm SEO's ruined website design too. When I was looking at when I was building this website, I was looking around at some of the websites, you know, some other websites and stuff, and it's like it is obvious, obvious, that over two thirds of this website exists for SEO. hmm This paragraph shouldn't be here. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 right. totally redundant. It serves no purpose. It's there for the keywords. I hate it. Yeah. It's awful. And I'm so glad you brought that up. It has gotten so much worse.
0: Yeah, it's, it's terrible. It is. I, it's... God.
2: And, and here's the thing. I think everybody kind of knows it. Because when the Reddit thing happened, there were a lot of people who were just like, Guys, Google hasn't actually had an answer to a question in years. Mhm. Yeah. It's incredible. It is it is really 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 bad. But anyway, yeah, those the uh, the Epstein documents, there's going to be more documents come out. It's going to be very interesting what happens with regard to some of that, especially with like the Prince Andrew stuff. That's what I'm really interested
0: in. Yeah, no, that's that's the stuff where I think you know that's where like where there's smoke there's fire. That's where I think most of the fire it will probably be if there is if there's anything in there. Yeah.
2: I just assume that American presidents are pedophiles. I just assume that. Oh yeah, that
0: yeah right. Like you know, it sounds odd to say, but it's a yeah shock. You yeah, know, no shock. Yeah,
2: no. So I'm never <laughs> yeah, oh,
0: Bill Clinton. Yeah, like Bill. That's the least surprising thing I read was that Bill Clinton. <laughs> Bill
2: Clinton was trying to have sex with sixteen-year-olds. Imagine my shock!
0: Yeah, least surprising <laughs> thing I've ever heard.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Um, but so yeah, it's, uh, it's totally, totally unsurprised by any of this. Um, with yeah. regard to American politicians and American business people and presidents, but uh, when you have a royal in the mix, especially with how um the sort of perception of the monarchy is shifting and has been shifting for many years and the death of the queen like like i'm i'm very interested to see what the fallout of that is yeah that's going to be that's going to be kind of fascinating i think um and then there was also so we we talked about recently was there anything else on epstein that you wanted to bring up
0: no i that, that was pretty much it
2: if you remember a few episodes ago, we talked about a case where the FBI went into a um, safety deposit box facility and basically searched all the safety deposit boxes
1: mm-hmm.
2: under a warrant that was um, supposedly, uh, uh, well, the, the warrant seems to have been, if, if everything that's in these threads are true, the warrant was faulty because it was so nonspecific. Mm -hmm. it basically allowed them to go in and go through every safety deposit box in the building well that's a lot of different people's property you know what I mean yeah so um, there was an update to this Uh, at free range lawyer says still no decision but it's been a big month in other ways the government has gotten up to something interesting or has gotten up to some interesting hijinks I'll explain Um, he continues in in a later tweet I should go without saying the FBI and DOJ typically don't like being compared to King George. Oh, I should say, he says, uh, oral argument was fantastic. The judges called the government's conduct egregious and outrageous. One of the judges even compared the FBI search to the kings of to the kinds of broad general searches that sparked the Revolutionary War. And if you remember, when we talked about this case before, I mentioned the idea of a general warrant that, that you can just mm-hmm. go in and get whatever you want from a place. Um Right. So uh, it should go without saying that the FBI and DOJ typically don't like being compared to King George. So the government does something interesting. It files one of the more peculiar filings I've ever seen, which my colleague described as a motion to lose without a published opinion. The basic gist is that the government now supports a court order to provide our clients the maximum remedy available. The government doesn't actually admit that it violated the Fourth Amendment, but it says we should win. Maybe this sounds great. Winning is good, but there's a hitch. Obviously, we want to get a remedy for our clients. We want a court to order the FBI to destroy records generated during its illegal search. But we also want a decision that will stop the FBI from doing this again. That's how constitutional litigation works. When a court finds the government violated the Constitution, that becomes a precedent that binds the government going forward. The government's motion is effectively trying to short circuit that process by agreeing that our client should win. It's hoping to avoid a decision that will bind its conduct in the future.
0: Wow, that is scummy. That is, I mean, it? that That's part and parcel for him, but you know, that is... <laughs> holy shit. Fascinating, right? Now,
2: I'm yeah. taking what he's saying at his word. I haven't pulled the documents myself to read them. Mm-hmm. I probably will, but I haven't done that yet. Um, but it's, it is fascinating. It is very interesting. That, that it's basically just like a motion to lose, please. Uh, and, and so that way we don't have a judgment. We don't have an official opinion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. Wow.
2: That is. <laughs> now he goes on to say, fortunately, this isn't going to work. There's actually a mm-hmm. lot of case law about what happens when the government raises the white flag of surrender to avoid a bad decision. The court still decides the case. In fact, it turns out the government agreed the plaintiff should win in some of the biggest constitutional cases of the last 20 years. And the court still decided those cases anyway, where the government's yeah. lawyers in this, uh, he says in a in, in a parenthetical, were the government's lawyers in this case unaware of these decisions? Perhaps. So we filed a response pointing all this out. He says, and the coup de gras. The day after Christmas, the government filed a reply. The reply is annoying in lots of ways, but, it, but the really important part comes at the end. I've screenshotted it. The government's reply makes explicit that, what was on, uh, that which was only implicit before. Quote, the government, of course, also wants to avoid a published judicial opinion impinging on the actions or good faith motivations of law enforcement in this highly unusual case. In other words, the government admits exactly what they're up to. They realize their goose is cooked and they want to avoid a decision that will bind them in the future.
0: So there you go wow that is yeah that is i i was actually unaware that the state the government did that like they would just like try to automatically surrender to the th- so that there would be no like judgment going mm-hmm. that is crazy
2: yeah because <laughs> if you don't have an official opinion you don't have any precedent and so no one in right. the future can point to it and say you were already in trouble for this right wow yeah
0: that's wild.
2: It's very interesting, dude. This is this okay, very interesting to me. I'm a fucking lawyer, right? But but it's yeah. it, it's I think it's interesting just as far as the constitutional I mean, law is. process is concerned.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah.
2: And there was another update on a case that we talked about on this show. Uh, I asked you before we began the show if you remember the Takaria shooter in Houston.
0: Um, I uh, I yeah, I didn't see the video. I remember hearing about it, though.
2: There was a guy who uh, for those that don't remember, there was a guy, uh, a bald guy, just sitting in a tuckeria in Houston eating his meal. Somebody came in and tried to hold up the tuckeria. They were pointing guns. They were they were pointing a gun and they were they were taking people's things, right, stealing. And uh, as this guy, the gunman, w- turned around, uh, this this absolute mensch stood up and plugged him like four times, as the guy's mm-hmm. falling down, he's still shooting. The guy hits the ground and uh, th- our our man walks up to him and plugs him uh, two or three more times. Mm-hmm. As he's walking up and then once when he's just standing above him as he's laying on the ground. Well, I remember talking about this. There, there's a there's a slight issue here. And that is that yeah. um, if the guy wasn't dead when he fell on the ground and was immobile, Uh, this is murder.
0: Yes. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) If he was dead when he fell on the ground and was immobile, it's misdemeanor corpse desecration. It's not a big deal. (laughs) Right. But if he wasn't dead when he fell on the ground and was immobile, it's a murder. (laughs) Right. So this case was taken to the grand jury. Now uh, I know we've explained this before, but the grand jury process—the way it works in Texas—you have a, a, you can have, um, you can take this uh, indictment to a grand jury. The grand jury is a, is a large jury of people, largely retirees and people who have time to be there. A lot of former cops on a grand jury, that kind of thing. And so they are presented with the state's facts in a case. The defense has no right to show up. The defense has no right to go there and present a defense to the grand jury and try to undermine probable cause, which Mm -hmm. is what the grand jury is there to find. Probable cause for the charges. They're not deciding on guilt or innocence. What they're saying is, does the state have evidence enough that they can actually take it to a trial? And so they took this case to the grand jury and the case was no build. No build, meaning that the uh, grand jury declined to indict. A true bill would be an indictment. Hmm. So this case was no-build. Which a mm. lot of people knew it was gonna be, because it's clearly a good shoot. And whether the guy was dead when he hit the ground or not, first of all, is hard to prove. Secondly, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's kind of how the grand jury saw it. Was at least at least that's my assumption. I don't know what information was presented to them. I don't know what what evidence the state had to give them. Um, And I don't know if there was what's called a grand jury packet from the defense, where the defense can sort of lay out what their argument is and deliver it to the prosecutor and the prosecutor gives it to the grand jury so the defense can present some of their side. Mm. Um, But in any case, the grand jury basically said, no, we're not indicting this guy. Mm, Okay. Okay. Great news. Really good news. Mm -hmm. Because this was a good shoot. And, and mm-hmm. overkill in a case like this, I think, is really not a big deal. The guy took his life in his hands when he started pointing a gun at people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, Kobe DeBose, who is a defense attorney here in Houston, tweets the following. He says, remember when Twitter law expert, law of self-defense, Andrew Branca, got everything wrong about this? Told me I was wrong for saying this case would be no-build, and assured everyone this would be charged as a murder, and blocked me when I showed him up. <laughs>
0: All roads lead back to Bronca.
2: Fuck Bronca. Bronca's such a dummy. <laughs> Bronca is such a dummy. Um Bennett replied to that. He said, I don't remember it, but that's par for the course. <laughs> yeah bronca bronca apparently got into it with kobe over this case and blocked kobe when kobe was saying no this won't be fucking indicted are you crazy are you insane the most they could get out of this would be a corpse desecration charge that was something that i was saying earlier on was that there was not, you weren't going to get a jury to, to say that this is a bad shoot. It's just not going to happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You might get corpse desecration. <laughs> but just like that, this is, this is uh, I just wanted to bring that up because this is, again, evidence that Andrew Branca is a dummy who you should not trust with any analysis of actual legal issues. I will say this his book, again, is fine the law of self-defense book that he fucking hawks Mm -hmm. all the time is fine. But Bronca himself as a legal commentator is a dummy and should not be trusted. His takes are bad. He hasn't had an unqualified good take since Rittenhouse. If you remember, he was arguing, (laughs) he was arguing with me that the Tyree Nichols stop was a good stop. And he had no evidence of, of that, no evidence whatsoever. Even the city came out and said, we can find no evidence for why this stop happened. Mm-hmm. And and Bronca's position is still. Oh, it was a good stop. It was a good stop. He was arguing. It's a good stop. How do you know that Bronca? The state, the city says they can't prove that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So Bronca's a Bronca's a dummy. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> um. Anyway, that's just a couple of updates on things that we've talked about on the show before. Um. Good on yep. this guy for getting no build. This was a good shoot. Um, even if it was a little bit of overkill, you have a position where somebody there is threatening people with a gun. Um, look, there's a lot of reasons that you might shoot a few too many times. I don't recommend doing it, um, especially if you live in a place where your grand jury might indict you. But um, in this case, uh, this is a great outcome. I'm happy. I'm happy with this. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy Bronco was showed up again. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, those are just a few updates. What else did we have on the docket, sir?
0: uh I don't think we had much else i i so I do have one thing here. I'll actually this is just something a little interesting. If you remember um we a while back we talked about uh like instances of like the Mandela effect right like and yes. um, for people who don't know the Mandela effect is a phenomenon where people misremember uh certain events but they believe it so wholeheartedly that it happened right so some famous mandela effects are obviously well uh nelson mandela died that's that's you know where the name comes from um Here, other uh, join, or like, rejoin the college oh yeah quick. yeah yep. yep okay
2: you
0: Sorry. said nelson no. mandela died where died in prison that's what that's how it gets its name the phenomenon some people believe he died in prison when he did not and these can uh, be held
2: by broad swaths of society like like huge that, numbers that, of that, that's people what makes them interesting
0: yes that's what makes it interesting is that these things that people remember even though these people have not talked to each other all strongly have the same memory of this yeah um, that's what makes it weird um uh, people from like different cultures, like your different upbringings and stuff like that, all remember the same event in the same way, uh, despite never interacting with one another. And uh, you know, one of the ones that bothers me to this day uh, is the Fruit of the Loom, the Cornucopia, right? There's yes. a, there's apparently no Cornucopia, and according to Fruit of the Loom, the corporation that makes that underwear, uh, there never was a Cornucopia. Uh, I don't believe that. them. I think. They are lying gaslighters. <laughs> I am not. And I, truthfully, I think there's good evidence to say that. So this was a. I, I saw this. Um, some people were talking about this. Um, this uh, uh, I don't remember. I don't know where or when this is from, but they interviewed the guy who was talking, who played the grape in the commercials, the grape in the Fritter Loom commercials. And this isn't him saying it, but the writer in this little piece that I just posted talks later down how the fruit of the loom's logo initially a cornucopia swollen with an apple, green grapes, purple grapes and their green leaves. Uh, this is I believe this report or this p- this paper was long before that the fruit of the loom type thing Mandela effect ever came into discussion. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, these people are lying. They are lying. They are lying liars. They are. Uh there was a cornucopia and i can never you could never like you know uh you could like like you know nothing will convince me otherwise i will never be convinced otherwise
2: <laughs> okay here we go this is this is one of the p- greatest pieces of evidence i think exists that the cornucopia was real mm-hmm. okay okay and this is yeah. there is an album by frank west called flute of the loom look this up look up this album cover okay uh while i'm looking at this um there was one of the somebody on reddit tracked down yeah right right um exactly uh somebody (laughs) on reddit tracked down the artist Okay, the artist of that mm-hmm. album cover was Ellis Chapel, wow.
0: and he sent him the question. This was the album. yes, nineteen seventy three.
2: He sent him the question, and the response was uh, from Reed Chapel, Ellis Chapel's son. He says, uh, "I remember the cornucopia specifically, as does my dad." This is the second oh, yeah. time we've been contacted about this album cover, and Ellis and I are more than happy to answer any questions you have about it. I was a little kid when Ellis painted the Flute of the Loom cover, and I remember specifically this album being a reference to the Cornucopia on Fruit of the Loom's original logo, which is where my dad says he specifically got the inspiration for the design.
0: This is the biggest con maybe in world history.
2: It's, I don't understand why they're doing it. I don't understand why Fruit of the Loom is denying the Cornucopia ever existed.
0: Uh, because they like driving the masses insane it's good for business
2: <laughs> i had seen it i had seen it posited this i had seen this positive posited, and i think this is an interesting mm-hmm. theory they never trademarked that logo
0: oh i think uh, you told me about this yeah so that they're just kind of like saying oh yeah, no that was never ours <laughs> yes they've
2: only ever trademarked the logo that w- with the fruit bunch the bunch of fruits supposedly mm-hmm. they never trademarked the fruit of the loom cornucopia logo, and and so if you never trademarked it, you don't really want it to be connected because then that means that right. you have a you. There's a case. There's a okay. So the idea being that you you have to protect your prior art in order for it to remain, in order for your your mm-hmm. uh, your IP rights in that to remain. And if and if they never trademarked it, and people use it in like uh in uh, in, uh bootleg shit and stuff like that, or they use it for an album cover or whatever. Um, they can't. They don't really have a case for that, so they just deny it ever existed. Yeah, that's that's one of the theories that that I've seen.
0: But, like, look, (laughs) I will never, ever, ever believe that this did not exist on their logo. Ever, I like I no no one could convince me otherwise like no it's it's just obvious yeah it's like i know it and i will tell the entire rest of the world they're wrong and i'll be happy <laughs> <with them>. forever <laughs> yes <laughs> uh like i actually say we change the you know uh we instead of saying gaslighting someone you should say you're corny them yes because that uh because i i think it has more relevance in modern, modern modern parlance and it's actually uh, more
2: accurate to the uh to the the, the actual yeah.
0: term <laughs> yeah it's just like yeah um, I just uh, this, is, it, this is one of those things that keeps me up at night I'm like no there was a cornucopia there, there was. had to have been <laughs> <laughs> there had to have been yeah uh, if there wasn't a cornucopia, then my life is probably a lie. You know, uh, the world was probably born five minutes ago, and these are implanted memories if there was no cornucopia. That's the next logical leap I can come to. Uh- <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
2: I, 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 100%, I 100% believe that the cornucopia was real and that the fruit of the loom corporation yeah. is lying. I do not believe that yes. the dimensional split stuff and like this is residue of another dimension. So I don't think that's accurate. I think the Frutaloom Corporation is well, you, a liar. Hey,
0: you take that up with Chris Chan.
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. When the dimensional merge happens, we'll have our cornucopia back, and all will be right with the world. You know what? I'm here for it. I'm here for it.
2: Yeah. I need. Yeah. I need the uh, the. Oh, what's that? What's the universe? Quickville. I need. I oh, need yeah. the Quickville universe to merge. Uh
0: huh. Because yeah. the
2: cornucopia still exists in Quickville. Mm-hmm. They know what's going
0: on. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm not advocating this. Uh, and I was sure I would, you know, certainly never advocate something that's illegal. Of course not. But all those hackers out there, you know, <laughs> uh, if they ever were to get into, you know, the Fruit of Loom Corporation or something like that, into their databases or something like that, I think they could do the world a whole lot of good. Yeah. Uh, I would never advocate that, of course, and this is not legal advice, and, you know, you shouldn't do illegal things, of course. Of course but not. if it ever did happen, you know, uh, I think they could be heroes.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't cry any tears over it, that's for sure. Yeah. 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 This is a huge... Th- this, to me, the Frank West album
0: cover. Yeah, that is a big thing. Yeah, it's that's huge,
2: huge. right? Because like, where else would you have gotten that?
0: Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like it's it's based off the logo.
2: Yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and that's what that, and it's the, from it, 1973, it, it, long before this whole discussion of it ever came up. Exactly. Exactly. It just it it. I am.
2: Uh, I it just. I don't. I hate that this corporation is lying.
0: Yeah, corporations yeah, no, never it. do that. I think they're worse than BlackRock. In fact, do they have connections to BlackRock? I, 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 I'm dead serious. Are do they have connections, connections to BlackRock? Okay, okay.
2: Well, let's, see. Yeah. let's see who owns Fruit of the Loom.
0: These motherfuckers.
2: <laughs> By the way, somebody uh, did let me know on Twitter that Promised Land doesn't have a, uh, a connection to BlackRock. Um, oh,
0: thank God! Okay, yeah, good, good. wonderful.
2: Also, they let me know that Promised Land does in fact make eggnog. Oh, okay, awesome. Which is something that I am just, just, uh, holy shit, dude. The parent company of Fruit of the Loom is Berkshire Fucking Hathaway. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm telling. (laughs) 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 These fuckers are lying. They know they're lying. (laughs) They know. They know that we know that they're lying, and they don't
2: care. Uh, Blackrock and Berkshire Hathaway, for those that don't know, have a very close relationship. Um, Yeah, they they co invest in a lot of stuff. Oh my god. BlackRock, in fact, has a huge position in Berkshire Hathaway. Let's see what it is. Um, uh, uh, Fintel reports that BlackRock has filed a 13GA form with the SEC disclosing ownership of 104.7. I don't know what that MM stands for. Shares of Berkshire Hathaway Inc. Eight percent of the company. Their previous filing, uh, they reported uh, 7.8 ownership of the company. Uh, A 7.8 percent ownership of the company. Increase in shares of 3.42%. So BlackRock has a massive position in Berkshire Hathaway. And uh, Berkshire Hathaway owns Fruit of the Loom. And Fruit of the Loom, of course, Dirty Rotten Liars.
0: Yeah. Ipso facto. A spy car. But does, does BlackRock have like a headquarters? Like do they have a main like yeah. uh headquarters so Okay. They do. Uh I bet you that cornucopia is sitting down there in that vault somewhere. <laughs> it's like just sitting there. They stole it.
1: it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yes, they did. They keep it in the
2: bottom of the Berkshire Hathaway building. And if you want to see no. it, it's like seeing the 28 pages of the 9 11 commission report before they were <laughs> released. You have to yeah. turn in yeah. your phone. <laughs> you have to walk into an uh, an insulated Faraday room Nothing. in order to see it.
0: They make you sign, like, a blood contract that, like, well, if you ever say anything about this, we get to kill you. Uh, you know?
2: Yeah, that seems about right. That seems about Oh, it's all fucking kidding. I can't believe fucking... I didn't know Berkshire owned Fruit the Loom. That's... <sighs> it's some fucking corporate hellscape dude. I just yeah. I can't get over it, man, it sucks uh, <laughs> Anyway, yeah, that, that's uh that yes. the uh, Fruit of the loom is lying.:
0: Yes, they are.
2: <laughs> they are I, 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 they, they even released, they released an image with like the different design iterations over time, and they were like, "See, there was never a cornucopia,
0: and it's like, <laughs> I don't believe you. Yeah, I yeah, I I do not believe you. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I don't believe you at all. I think you're a dirty, rotten scoundrel. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, was that uh, what? What else was there? That's all um, I had. I, all that's right.
0: all I had. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um. Well, in that case, uh, how do you feel about ending the show?
0: Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Sounds good to me. Uh. All right. Do
2: you have any uh anything you would
0: like to plug? I know you're taking. I'm not break on of, Twitter. Not the moment. Yeah i'm I'm good at the moment, dude
2: when you told Twitter you were taking I just another want to break say,
0: okay. do well, uh-huh. go for it Over. no no sorry. go ahead no no, no go ahead. no when
2: you when you told Twitter you were taking another break, you tagged me, in it I've gained like two hundred followers
0: oh hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> no I had I had done that in a lot, and I was like, you know what I, I want to give i, I want to try to steer people your way, and it's like, yeah, absolutely absolutely um, well, thank you for that because actually
2: I, I took advantage of that, and I did a big post on um there was a, a post that was going around about uh about opsec and about protecting yourself from being doxxed and i added to it and and retweeted it and stuff cuz i want more people to see that kind of thing so
0: oh yeah absolutely um i i do want to uh to end to close it off i do want to like address the listeners like yeah, i i'm speaking to each one of you individually and i'm going to say i hope you all had a really fun time baby
2: oh, god damn it fucking <laughs> t-e-t-c dot show on blue sky (laughs) at t-e-t-c show um uh, pasting jouska j-o-u-s-k-a on twitter and on blue sky um good
0: god man (laughs) I just wanted to wish them well and you're attacking me this is
1: unbelievable
0: oh goodness
1: (laughs)
2: God, that was one of the funniest things that's happened in a long time. Oh, man. Uh, All right. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And I, too, hope you had fun, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, man. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of The End Times Continue. For links and other information, come see us at TETC.show.